All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with Tim. What up? Wurzberger. Sam. Don't know your last name. Monty, once again. Sam Monty. Is that the second time I've asked that? Yep, every time. Every time. Well, I have head injuries, so that will happen over and over again. So do I. And myself, John Scott. I hope everyone had a good week. I know I did. Tim? What's up? Did you have a good week? It was okay. Why? What's wrong? I hurt my shoulder. What? Yeah. What happened? Uh, playing. See, this is the thing. I don't want to get into this because last time I told a hockey injury, we I got blasted on Twitter. What happened? Oh, Tim, no one wants to hear your men's league stories. No, t- tell us what happened. Dislocated. I noticed your arms a little wonky. Yeah, yeah. Dislocated over the weekend playing really? some men's league. You got body check? No. Fight? Just fell down. No, I just just battling for position. My arm got yanked behind me and it came out. So you had the puck along the boards? No, I was battling in front of the net. Paint us a picture. Of what happened. All right, so I was skating really fast, much faster than everybody Don't else. lie. Paint us a realistic picture that we'll believe. I don't know. We just had the puck in the offensive zone. I was battling for position in front of the net. Puck went back out of the zone as I skated out. My arm got caught behind me from one of the guys, and I felt it pop a little bit. It felt way off, so I just came off, went right to the bench. Was, was fine. it the, the top hand of your stick or your free hand? My... Left hand, I'm a lefty, so my bottom hand. So your arm was not on your stick. It just got caught up in some guy when you were skating out of the zone? Apparently. Because you were trying to get out of the offensive zone to get back, I'm assuming. Yeah, it happened happened pretty quickly. And he did he grab you, or did you just catch him? I don't think so. Maybe, like, there were a couple guys, like, real close, and I just just got between them or something. Interesting. And then I came off the bench, and it was clearly, like, not dislocated. Nothing was broken. It just hurt a little bit. I said, oh, it's probably fine. Took a quick beat, right next shift, back checking, chasing some guy to lift the stick, and I go to lift the stick and put my shoulder into him, and I just felt the pop all the way out when I did that, and it hurt so bad. I got so mad, I just left right away. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm sick of this. That I'll see you guys later. Is hilarious. I know. 25 years of playing hockey, no like no serious real injuries, uh, little things over the years, but this would be the worst one. So. What I immediately thought of was it just says a lot about Massachusetts hockey. How? It just shows how it's just not up to snuff compared to Michigan hockey or Canadian hockey, really. Because I dislocated my shoulder? Well, you just... How many games in was this? This is number four. Number four. Fourth game in into men's league, and he's out for the season. Yeah, a couple Can't handle it. Can't handle, can't handle the pace. These big Midwestern boys, I the guess. The physicality. Yeah. I just thought it, I thought it was sad because you were probably enjoying your time playing in this league. It was okay. And, but I also thought it was ironic and funny because you talk a big game about the club hockey and how Massachusetts hockey is so great. And then you play a couple weeks up in here in Michigan and you just hurt yourself right away. I was like, yeah. that's so awesome. And I also thought about me. It's like I played 20 years, 25, 30 years hockey. I've never dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. And I've fought, I've hit, I've been banged and bashed, and I've never, ever once had my shoulder pop out fully. Like my shoulder is wonky a little bit just from wear and tear, but I'm just like him just randomly skating and his shoulder pops out because he got twisted up on himself it's just really funny it's it's crappy and i just had a birthday last week so it's like oh three days later i'm just getting old and turn 29 and the shoulder starts falling apart father time your clock's ticking i know when you look back if you died tomorrow would you think your life was successful 
Yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I made it big on Whoa. dropping the gloves. <laughs> that didn't sound very The bar good. is set low for Tim, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> No, no, I, I feel I feel bad for you, Tim. I hope you get better. Thank you. Because I was going to play with you guys next week, potentially. Yeah, they lost two good players out of this. I know, because I'm not going if you're not there. No not way. a chance. <laughs> yeah. But I am the leading points scorer, too. Really? Yeah. Wow. Are they? Is the team going to be able to sustain itself? The team can't sustain itself even when I'm there. Because so. you were, what, 3-0 and before the big injury? 0-4. 0-4. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. We'll see. Pack it in. <laughs> Pack it in. I know. What's the use? What is the use if you're not there? Anyways. Anyway. So that was a big happening. So you were while you were doing that, I was out east in Newfoundland. All the way east. All the way east. That's right. We're out in St. John's. I did the Hockey Night in Canada Hometown Heroes gig, and it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. I, I've seen it on TV. I I saw it on TV maybe once, but I guess it's been going for six or seven years, and it was really fun. There was a lot of NHL guys there with me. Um, it was neat event. I got to meet Danny Cleary. Uh, Ryan Clough was there. Michael Ryder, Adam Party was there. Um, Terry Ryan was there. There was a lot of NHL guys there who live in the area. So it was a cool event. What I found interesting, one story. So Danny Cleary works for the Red Wings now. He's one of their big scouts. He's still he's very involved. He's, you know, got Eiserman's ear pretty much. And we were doing an interview in front of the fans for one of their festivities or whatever. So the... Um, the announcer asked Danny a question, and it was, what kind of gratitude or what do you owe Mike Babcock for your Stanley Cup win? And I, I looked at Danny, and I could tell it irked him that he got asked that question. And he kind of composed himself. He didn't react right away. And then he gave an answer. Basically, I'll sum it up pretty quick. It was, I don't like Babcock. I'm paraphrasing. We didn't get along right away. I came into camp and I could tell Babcock didn't want me there. I had to work to get on the team. And I basically worked my way out of his doghouse, and I don't owe Mike Babcock anything. And I won the cup, so please don't ask me a question about Mike Babcock again. <laughs> and it was it was just for someone who played directly under him and won a Stanley Cup with him, everyone assumes that everyone loves Mike Babcock, and he and then I started doing a little digging, and I heard multiple interviews of people who do not like Mike Babcock. And I this is not in our list of things to talk about today. It just struck me as like, oh, okay. So it, I'm kind of on to something here about Mike Babcock, the shine, his aura. It's just not there. I think it's fake. So I just thought that was very eye-opening, and I was like, wow. You know, that's interesting. I talked to him a little bit off stage about it, where I won't talk about because I think that's a conversation between me and him, but... Yeah, he, he told everybody on stage, he's like, listen, I don't owe anything to him. I came into camp. I had no contract. He said, I don't want you there. And I had to work. I had two weeks to kind of gain a spot on the team because he was good friends with Ken Holland. And Holland's like, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a tryout, and then the rest is up to you. And that's what happened. So were you on stage when he was asked this question? Yeah. Was it hard to, not to laugh? You must have been loving that. I Well, I afterwards, I was like, I know. I I immediately, as soon as you started answering your question, I was agreeing with everything because I think Mike Babcock is the most overrated coach there is in all four sports. I feel like people just put him on this pedestal and they there's no reason to put him on this pedestal. And I've heard nothing but terrible stories from players who played under him who do not like playing under Mike Babcock. So, And it's happening again with Spezza. He's played, what, three games this year, four games this year? It's, it's incredible. It's crazy. I don't know. Anyways, we've, we've, we've talked about it before. I just thought it was interesting that it was just someone verified my kind of feelings towards him. And if he is the coach next year in Toronto, I will be surprised. I think he'll get fired after this year. That's my prediction. I think the Leafs will lose again in the first round, and he'll be gone. They're already starting to point fingers at each other, too. Yeah. Players, it's... It's happening. I've heard a lot about Babcock in the sense where you hear about Jim Harbaugh when he was a pro coach in the NFL where he is a, a abrasive person to work with, and he's great for the college system where you see him max four years and then you're gone, but spending a career with that guy is like it can wear on you. 
Yeah, and it's also it goes back to the point I said a few, gosh, I don't know, last week or two weeks before, but you cannot have the face of your organization be your coach. And that's what Babcock is. If, if I'm a star player, it's not being egotistical, but when I read the newspapers or if I see um, articles written about my team, I don't want the first paragraph to be about Mike Babcock. I want to be reading about myself or my team or my goalie. It's not about the coach. And after every practice, after every game, anytime there's a camera around, old Mike's there. Mike Babcock, he loves being in front of the camera. He will never pass up an opportunity to get his soundbite in the paper the next day. So we'll see what happens. But when you have a coach who doesn't build that type of environment that teams need, you need a coach who you can trust. You need a coach who will be hard on you sometimes. It's like a father. You have to have some loving moments. You have to have some tough moments. Babcock can't do that. He has his one-track way to coach. There's not much love there. There's not much just camaraderie. He doesn't get along with the players that well. It's You're not going to be successful. It worked in Detroit just because he had such a good team and such a veteran team. He had Iserman and Lidstrom and Datsuk and Zetterberg and Rafalski and all these guys who didn't need that pat on the back. They didn't need help. That's why it worked in Detroit. It's not working in Toronto because they have such a young team. Absolutely. And those guys do not respond to that type of coaching. And we'll see what happens. I just think that's my prediction. At the end of the year, if not sooner, he'll be gone. Right? I don't I, we'll see unless they they turn it around, but yeah, like you said Tim, there's finger pointing. Guys are starting to get frustrated with their minutes. Guys are starting to get frustrated with the roles. Babcock loves playing mind games. He loves messing with guys. It just doesn't work. So we'll see. I just think it was interesting to hear that from Dan Cleary. Any other interesting stories from the, the event? Any good interactions with the fans or funny moments? Um, God, Every time I go to St. John's, I, I have a hard time understanding the people there. They're beautiful people. They're great. They're super friendly. But I pick up, honestly, half of what someone says. So I'll if I'm talking to be it the person at the airport, someone who's helping me to just fans walking up. I just pick up half of what they say. And that's at the most. So that's what I get a kick out of when I'm there. It's just like, I don't understand anything you're saying. Is a strong accent. It's so thick. It is the thickest accent I've ever heard in my whole life. Really? It's unbelievable. And they speak so fast. Yeah. It's incredible. So no, it's, it was just another great trip. I go there. I go out there quite a bit and I really enjoy it. The people are nice. The food is really good. And it's just always fun when I go there. And I got to go there earlier in the year, so the weather was actually fairly nice. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to go there a couple more times the next two or three months, and the weather is always terrible. So it was nice to have a nice sunny day and just kind of have a nice St. John's trip. So, But, yeah, it was cool to be on Hockey Night in Canada, meet some NHL guys. Maybe we'll have Danny on the show. That would be good. Get him on, talk about Babcock, just trash him. <laughs> I don't think he will because he still works with the league, and who yeah. knows. <laughs> But it would be great. He's too smart for that. He is too smart. I know. He's a smart guy. But anyways, good trip all in all. I wanted to ask you, too, about that uh, Spotify playlist that you tweeted out the other yeah. day. Yeah. What's, what's the thought behind that? What, what, what made you do that? I just The kids are all over their Spotify lately. And yeah. someone um, prompted me on one of these trips, I think, a while back. Like, you should do a Spotify playlist. You know, um, everybody's doing it. And then I mentioned it to you. And to, you were like, yes, do it, please. And so... It's a list I've been working on yep. for a while. And, you know, if I hear a nice song, I'm like, oh, I like that song. Or I'd write it down. And I don't know. I don't know how many songs. There were 15 songs. And I just, I'm not a big music guy now. I used to be when I was growing up. I think I've, I have a lot more things going on where I can't really sit down and like research new bands or new music or what's hip and cool. So the music I listen to now is the music I listened to 15 years ago. So that's why all my picks were kind of circa 1990, early 2000s. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. Are there certain songs that have, do they have certain meaning for you? Just things that you liked? Or? Um, I don't know. Not really. I'm yeah. not like, I don't, I'm not one of those people who assign songs to certain moments in my life. Like, <gasps> I remember this song happened and I had my first kiss with my wife or this song happened and my child was born or this song happened when I got fired or this bad thing. No, that's not. No, I, I do remember one song, Pearl Jam, had a big song. Gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but I used to listen to it when I was working for Tim Hortons. That's the only song where I have an assign, uh, uh, 
a history or whatever to. It's some Pearl Jam song. It's the one where, where, oh, where can my baby be? That one. Is that Pearl Jam? I don't know. The Lord took her away from me. Remember that song? It might not be Pearl Jam. She's gone to heaven, but I got to be good so I can see my baby when I leave this world. Remember that song? I don't. Anyways, I listen to that song at least five to ten times a day working for Tim Hortons because they would play it so often on the radio. And that's that's where I assign that song to. Working in the kitchen making donuts at Tim Hortons, which is pretty funny. But other than that, no. There's no, no uh, significance to any other songs. You're going to add more to the playlist over time? Yes, 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 of course. But now it's funny. My music is so seasonal. Now that it's winter, in the summer I'm all country. Non-stop country. <laughs> but then when... Summer's over now. They're in the fall and winter. I go more rock and roll, more classic rock, which is just how I roll. And then when you know autumn hits or spring hits and summer hits, I'll be in a better mood. Boom, back to country. What about the Christmas music? You guys big into that? Oh, my wife, all month long, all month long, Christmas music nonstop. Yeah, all the whole month. And we have this cool. We have Sonos through the house, so it'll be just Christmas music nonstop, which is great. You were shaking your head no, Sam. No, I am a Christmas music, Christmas Eve, Why? Christmas Day. Cut it out. Really? Yeah. It's just, it's so cheesy and bad. To why? Me. You are a thief of joy. Yeah. You hate fun? Yes. You, you're the, why? So are you the type of guy, the day after Christmas, the tree and lights come down? No, I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> but I'm not like turning on the outside lights anymore. Oh, really? I don't do that just because I hate wasting power. I will turn... The the only time the lights stay on 24 hours is Christmas Eve. And then maybe Christmas Day. Other than that, I turn every light in my house off. I just hate wasting power. I, I think if I didn't have a kid, it would probably come down a lot faster. Yeah. I, I think... But yeah. no, Christmas music, I, I take it all the way until uh, the New Year's. I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. It's festive. And now my kids are learning to play piano and stuff, so... I'm expecting to have some sing-alongs around the piano and stuff. That'll be fun. I enjoy it. How wholesome. It is. How isn't wholesome. it great? No, it's fun. I, I think it's great. Obviously, there's times when you don't need Christmas music, but for the most part, I get into the into the spirit. But it's not December yet. So we've got a few months to go. But anyways, what, what, oh, that, we were talking about Spotify. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Let's get to hockey. Okay. Right. Well, speaking of tweets, right? You sent out a tweet the other day asking about who do you think is the most uh, underrated player of the past twenty yeah. years? Let's say it's easy. Oh, Haas. For you, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got you got like hundreds and hundreds of responses. Thousands. I was having fun reading through hundreds them. of thousands. <laughs> hundreds of, of responses. Thousands. Millions. Yeah. Millions. Lots. All. Every one of them wrong. Billions yeah. We, I think there was some Hosa. There was some like the big names. Drew was on there a lot. Yep. Backstrom was probably the number one based on what I read. Um, some Zetterberg, Doan, Bergeron, Thornton was another common one. Um, but you're standing still on Hosa? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. Hosa is by far. Hosa will be a Hall of Famer, and he was by far the most underrated player. I think the key to being underrated, and there's a theme with all those players, is you have to be on a team with this with a player who's a bigger superstar than you are, or people who get the attention more than you should. And you mentioned, who were the names? Zetterberg. Zetterberg had Datsuk. Yep. So there you go. Thornton. Thornton. I don't think he's that underrated. He was left out of the top 100 players of all time. Really? Yeah. Who makes those lists? NHL. Honestly. Yeah. That is incredible. That's like that fighting list. Whoever made that joke of a list, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't on it. But yeah. they have guys like um, Denny Savard was on it. It's like, come on. Like, just let's be honest. Yeah. Like, be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror. <laughs> Joe Thornton is one of the top 100 players. He's in the yeah. top 10 in points of all time. So Malkin was another name, too, and that makes sense because he always kind of lived in Crosby's Crosby. shadow. Crosby right? still does. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing with Backstrom, with Ovechkin. Yeah. Those guys are underrated in a sense where they don't get the national publicity, but I don't think Backstrom is underrated in – like he still is regarded as a great player. Yeah. And when you when you look at the list of players, he's always on the list. I don't think Hosa was ever on a list. Like he was never really – like no one ever – thought of him as a great player even dating back 20 years he's still your pick oh absolutely i think yeah for sure i i can't think of anybody who is more underrated than him it just he and whenever when any everyone asks me who was the best player you played with it's hosa i've said that forever 
all-around player who could do everything, anything you wanted to do, kill penalties, first power play, a beast five-on-five. He does it all. And then you look at the score sheet. He's played 22 minutes. He's got probably one or two points. He's on the PK, the PP. And no one ever gives him props for that But because he doesn't do anything insanely flashy. And he never did. He was just a workhorse. His nickname was Haas for a reason because he was so strong. Uh, he was the hardest player to defend. He didn't have insane handles. Like, he, he couldn't deke you out. But he was so strong and good with the puck and just controlled it so well. It just... it I don't know. He was so good. Was he the guy that you said had a really long stick, too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he would just hold it out there and bait you, and then as soon as you tried to go for the puck, he'd go, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. It's like all around you. He's gone. And he's yeah. so... Like I said, he's so strong, he can hold you off he wasn't the fastest guy but man oh man he was just so good on every team he was on the the penguins the red wings the blackhawks he was always the key to those teams i was so mad when he left the wings yeah yeah absolutely 100 like underrated uh 1309 games played 525 goals 609 assists hall of famer it's interesting, too, because you talk about living in someone else's shadows. Going back to the Thrashers, he was under Kovalchuk and even Savard, and then under Datsuk and, and Datsuk and Zetterberg, and then under Kane Crosby. and Taze, Crosby, Malkin. Like, yeah. yeah, he's never been the guy on any team. Yeah, but it, it's, yeah, it is crazy. But he is the guy. He is so good, and he was never on the top line on any of those teams, so maybe that helped him get points because he was yeah. always facing second-line you know, defenses, but... Man, I practiced against all those guys. I played against all those guys, and Hosa was so good and underrated. Who else comes to mind when we ask that question? Underrated players. Mark Edward Vlasic. I've yeah. said it before. I think he's yeah. been one of the best defensemen in the whole league for a decade now. What about goalies? Well, it's it's hard to be an underrated goalie. Yeah. It just really is. Like Corey Crawford, it's funny. I Corey's always been underrated to me just because he doesn't do anything too flashy. But he just wins. You know, he doesn't make the crazy flashy saves or he puts up great numbers. And I just feel like he's been underrated. But he doesn't get the the Vesna's nods like the Lundqvists and the Renes and the Vasileskis just because everyone just assumes, oh, you're on this really, really great team. And it's not because of you. It was it was fun reading through all those tweets and seeing some of the names people were pulling out of the woodworks. Players you forget about, like Chris Drury. Yeah. Uh, Marty Havlat. Uh, Milan Hey Duke, some of these names are just uh, Jerry Lettinen. Yeah, I mean, they're all good picks. I mean, those guys are you know they were good, solid players. And you're right, but they're not to the level that Hosa was. No, to be a legitimate superstar in the league for over ten years, and to not get the due that was deserved, that is underrated. Like Jumbo's won Hart trophies. He's been, he's won awards. All those guys that we talked about have won awards. I think Hosa probably maybe won a Selkie. Maybe he's definitely nominated. I don't know. Yeah, but I he, like he's never won a big award, and it's crazy. Like he was just so good. So I, that's my pick, and I, I would have a hard time to get someone to take me off that pick, unless it was like a really, really good player who never got his due. Like Jerome Aginla, he he was a good player, but he wasn't a Hosa. And yeah. Aginla was great for years and years and years. Shane Doan, he was not nowhere near as good as Hosa. No. Shane Doan is not a superstar. He was a hard worker. That's what he does. And he worked his tail off for 20 years. But he wasn't underrated. No one ever, you know, accused him of being a superstar. Yeah. He he doesn't have the skill set for that. He's just a hard worker with a with a above average skill set. Hosa was a superstar that was hidden in plain sight that no one ever saw. I always link him and Gabarek together in my mind. Yep. You think he's underrated too? Gabby? No, because yeah. everyone just... Gabby was a one-trick pony where he was a he was a sniper. He was a yeah. thoroughbred. You give him the puck and you let him go. He, he wasn't going to play defense. He wasn't going to be on the penalty kill. He was a certified sniper. That's what he is. He was an assassin. You put him on the ice for one purpose, and that is to score goals. So and, NHL.com ran a poll by asking some other players around the league. They asked like 50 players. Um, Barkov was number one. This is among current players. Okay. Um Good pick. I mean, he's yeah. he scored 90-something yeah. points last year. Yep. Doesn't really get a lot of national attention. Backstrom, number two. And then there's a tie for third place with Logan Couture and Jared Spurgeon, which is pretty interesting. He's the only other guy that got multiple votes. Um, 
Thoughts? Did you play with him at all or play against him? Spurgeon? He's a younger guy. Who? Yeah. Spurgeon? Yeah. He's been in the league for, I think, seven or eight years. Well, younger than you, I mean, though. Yeah, well, that doesn't say much. But yeah, <laughs> no, I think all those guys are great, great yeah. examples. Barkov, for sure. I think his is more to do with just... And it's funny, because he is the star in Florida. He is their guy. But again, he's in Florida, not a big hockey market. And he doesn't have that personality that gets you out there. He doesn't have the Ovechkin personality where he's just flamboyant and in your face and says all these quotes that the media picks up. He is a quiet guy. He goes about his business, and then he goes, he leaves the rink, and that's it. So that's why he's a little underrated, just because he doesn't get the media attention. But yeah, Spurgeon, I like that kid. He's so good. He put up career-high numbers last year. Nothing crazy, maybe 45 points. Yeah. T- tough to play against. He's He's a good little defenseman. Power play one. And he just... He produces. He's really he's he's better than Tyson Berry. Uh, oh, mm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> all around. Yeah. Maybe. maybe all yeah. Around, all yeah. around better than Tyson Berry. Yeah. Absolutely. Not as good as Jake Gardner. No. Stop. Not even close. Jake Gardner. <laughs> I'm waiting for breakfast. By the way, Hurricanes are looking pretty good. How many breakfasts do you? Hurricanes want are they in first place? The Hurricanes. Second, I think. Second place. Second. Not bad. Uh, I don't know if you remember your Stanley Cup prediction for the beginning of the year. Not looking good. <laughs> not, not but looking it good. was contingent on the Devils goaltenders, and they have been abysmal. They have been awful. So I there was an asterisk to that prediction. So that is why they um, they're not winning. If if their goaltending is halfway decent, they they have a lot more ga- not more wins. And Hughes yeah. has been terrible. Hughes has been terrible. I want to talk about the rookies. Kaka. Let's do a little roundup here because. Yeah. I got the numbers in front of me. Hughes, one goal, who's a negative four in eight games. Capo Caco, one goal, negative six in seven games. Um, and that kid Kirby Doc, who we met in Chicago, just played in his second or third game. We scored a goal, um, but not much of an impact on the team yet. So nothing, nothing. I mean, they're all tied for last place in the uh, Calder race right now. I would, I would send them all down to juniors. Don't, don't burn a year in the contract unless they played more than nine games. I don't know. I know Doc has only played a handful. I could see he, him being sent back down to juniors. Yeah, but the other two guys have probably burned up their eligibility already. But it's close. It's eight or nine games. It's right? nine games, I believe, unless they changed it. And gosh, yeah, who would have thought? Hughes. Everyone thought he was going to light the world on fire. I did. Yeah, such a good preseason, Kako or Kaka. He was gonna be great. The sniper coming over from Finland. Yeah, they are just not adjusting well to the speed. Well, of the, the Devils NHL as game. a whole too. Like we were all excited about what they did in the off season, the players they brought in, the moves they made, yep. and not looking Spent good. A they of money. are going to be the Washington Nationals of the NHL, where they're going to come out of the gate terrible, and they're going to turn it around. And you're going to we'll be see. eating crow. Then they're going to win the Stanley Cup, and I'm going to look like a genius. Then I'm going to get offered a GM job. Then I'm out of here. Done with this <laughs> well, silly podcast. <laughs> well, the Blues had a terrible start to this. Exactly. That is the new way to win. You play possum for the first <laughs> month. Let everyone kind of sleep on you. Then when you go into a league, into a game, the team's are like, oh, it's just the Blues. Look at them. They're terrible. Next thing you know. Is that what the know, Sharks are doing? That's a, <laughs> I hope so. 3-5-1 and one right now. Hey, Patty Marlowe's not looking too bad, though. He's 3-1 yeah. and one since he's been there. Is he? He is. He's Not bad. Cooch came out and kind of tore a strip off the team in the in the press lately. What did he do? Motivate him. Just yeah. said we're not playing up to snuff. We got to get going, which is good. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, it's uh, we talked about that before the season started. They are a veteran team. It will take them a little bit of time to get going. That whole man, it does make you think though. This off season, they had to make a big decision on which way they take the organization. Do they re-sign some of their forwards? Or do they re-sign Carlson? They let a couple guys walk, and they signed Carlson. Let Pavelski walk. Did they let Timo Meyer walk? No, he's still there. No, um, Jonas Donskoy. I don't know. So they, they let some guys on the forwards, forward walk, and we'll see how it pays off. That whole experiment with Burns and Carlson, it's not working out. It's not. Like, I think they envisioned it to. They're both playing worse. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm surprised by it. I thought they would just be lighting the world on fire, where they would just have so much more room... Because how do you game plan versus Carlson and Bernsey? It's hard to, but it's just not. We'll see. It's not working out like I think the Sharks envisioned. And those guys aren't going anywhere. They're making big bucks for, I think, 100 years, both of them signed for. So I don't know. Again, it comes back to the goalies as well. Well, speaking of slow starts, too, we had the the Stars at 3-7-1 and one after yeah. going to the Western semifinals last year, right? Don't talk about the Red Wings. I'm not mentally Well, they were not no, expected to be good. Yes. Red Wings are going to be lucky to get top 
out of the bottom five. It's not happening. They're a bad team. Yeah. Like, they're expected to be bad. But the Stars, yep. the Sharks, they're expected to win. And the Blackhawks. The Hawks. I don't, two, I don't know. If, two. I, I, that's a good start for them. I expected them to be better this year. I, they would be, they're going to be lucky to make the playoffs. They brought in Laner. A little stability in yeah. that. But I, Hayes had a great season last yeah, year. I, I Defense don't, is getting old. They're getting older. Yeah. I don't I don't see them to be a top four, top five Western Conference team. So I wouldn't put them in that conversation. I do expect the Sharks and the Stars to be a top five Western Conference team. So it's early, but it is a little eyebrow raising. Where is Pavs? Corey Perry. Terrible. Like awful. Perry came off that injury though. Yeah, so hopefully he turns it around. Injury. Well, just, only got two goals. Yeah. Tim knows when you get a little older, it's harder to come back from those injuries. Yep. To get back to where you were, like, uh, are, you, are do you think you'll get back to your top flight playing days now what, that your shoulder? What could have been, John? What could have been? I know, but do you think that the level you you were at now you got the injury? Do you think you'll get back there? Yes. Really? I have to. Yeah. Do you think your shoulder will be as strong than than it was previous? Injury? I'm going to be rookie of the year style, like that movie. I'm going to come back really? even stronger. Really? 105 mile per hour slap shot. Did you just compare yourself to the movie The Rookie? <laughs> yeah. With that little kid who Rookie of the year? Yeah, yeah. He gets he the Tommy John surgery. Comes back even stronger, throwing <laughs> he's 95 like, out of the gate as an 11-year-old. That kid was like 11 years old yeah. in a Disney movie, and that's you now. All right. Yeah. Tim loves just comparing himself to random things. <laughs> but it'll, it'll be interesting. When you're battling with the puck, if you're going to be nervous if, in, in the back of your head, oh, I don't want to hurt my shoulder again. Yeah. It'll be there. We'll see. For, the, for at least a month, two months. And imagine Corey Perry. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. The Stars... That they picked up a couple guys on the wrong side of Father Time. But they sure we'll see. did. They sure did. I hope they turn it around. Pavs, he's got one goal, two goals maybe. Not the start he wanted. Yeah, I think one. It's got to be different going from a system where you've been in for 10 years and you know exactly where to be and you know exactly who you're playing with and how they play the game and where they like you to go to get that puck to going to a new system, to playing with guys who just don't play the way you like to play. Pavs is a guy who he doesn't like controlling the puck. He likes to dish it, go to the soft areas, and get it back. And he's not an overly fast guy, so he likes to kind of slow things down and play chip and chase and just really grind it out in the corners a little bit and then find that open spot and have the pucks there. And he was so good with that with Jumbo and Cooch and Tommy Hurdle. But, hey, we'll see. Sagan likes to run and gun. He's a run and gun type guy, score off the rush, and that's not how Pavs plays. Yeah. So... We'll see. That's why Zuccarello, I think, worked out so well there because he is a very crafty player off the rush. He loves making plays, like driving the zone hard, pulling up, and getting the guys coming in the zone. But the start, like, Pabs doesn't play that way. That's not how he plays the game. He likes to play. He works his plays from the corner to the front of the net, from the corner to the high slot, and that's how he scores his goals. He likes to go low to high, tip a puck from the D-man. We'll see. You know, it takes a while to learn these things with the new guys, but it's just not looking good for the stars. It really isn't. So let's t- let's talk about the good starts, though. Oh yeah, the Sabers, your old Sabers, eight one and one right now. Yes, just like we all predicted, right? Well, <laughs> oh yeah, they did start last year on fire as well. I think they were first place after twenty games. Were they? Yeah, they. I know they rattled off ten wins in a row last year, and everything was all rosy. Then they just tanked the last uh, fifty games of the year. So who knows what happens? I th- I th- I did read a quote from Eichel that was very interesting. And he contrasted last year to this year. And he just mentioned, and this goes back to the Babcock thing too, about your environment and your coach and setting and just creating a good environment for the players to play in. Eichel said last year, it was not a good environment. Everybody was walking on eggshells. We were all nervous and it wasn't fun. And he was talking about when we were winning because he was contrasting last year to this year and why it won't happen this year, why we won't kind of fall off the edge and he just said everybody's in such a different mood the clubhouse or the locker room is it's fun to go to the rink now whereas last year it wasn't that fun even when we were winning and I just that struck me as interesting because a coach sets that environment and Kruger obviously is doing something different he obviously is more approachable than Phil Housley was and the players respond to that and it just it's not hard to see the difference they didn't go out and get like a ton of different players, Buffalo. They arguably got worse when they lost Lanner, and they're doing great. And if you set a good environment on a team and you have talent, 
the guys will respond, and that's happening in Buffalo right now. He, you can you can just sense a difference in the team, and they they will continue to succeed. They'll make the playoffs. Obviously, they're playing above their heads right now, but they're going to make the playoffs. They'll be a top top four team as it looks right now. They're looking good. I always I like that uh, Skinner's performing too because I always get nervous that the players have contract years. They're like, okay, well, who are they really? And he's still scoring, which is pretty cool to see. We should go back and see big contracts and how well they perform after contracts because. We're going to mention a guy later, John Carlson, signed that big ticket a couple of years ago, yep. and now he's just flourishing. Because some guys, they get that monkey off their back of, you know, guys like stability. It's like, oh, I signed a big contract. Now I can relax and really play play hockey. Other guys, they signed the big ticket. I played with Vili Leno, signed a big ticket. Terrible. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. That signed a big ticket and was like, that's it. Gee, I don't have to play anymore. See you later. And he just started doing other things like painting and doing clothing <laughs> line and just cashing those checks. And it was just like, whoa, Billy, like, are you going to try? He's like, nah, I don't like, he didn't like hockey that much. And so we should do that. Go back and look at the big contracts every year and see where guys are and see if it was a good deal and what happened to the GMs who signed him to that deal because, gosh, the guy who signed Billy Leno didn't last long. Oh, the Bruins have had so many bad oh, ones, yeah. too. Well, Ch- Cherielli, Cherelli? Cherelli, yeah. <laughs> but they had uh, Jimmy Hayes, terrible. Matt Bolesky, terrible. Back is terrible. They've had a lot of tough contracts over the past few years. Yeah, not good. But they've also had some good contracts. With the Bergevans, the Pasternak Bergeron. contract looks great now. Yeah. The Marshawn, Marshan, he looks like a good contract. So. Speaking of Marshan, he is now on Cameo, just like you are. He copied you. Who cares? Marshawn. No one's going to ask him to do a cameo. It's all me. I get one like every every two hours I get a cameo. Killing yeah. it. Uh, also, Risto, five points, five assists in the last five games. I still think they should trade him. Yeah. I really do. I think that's the best bet for him and the team. He His value is really high right now. They're winning. Get rid of him. Unload him. Get some capital in return. I, I think that's the best bet for the whole team. I, I still stand by that prediction. He'll be traded by the end of the year. And Darlene's got 10 points in 10 games. Well, he's, he's, he's a stud. Speaking of defensemen, should we go to the the MVP of the league so far? Yeah. John Carlson. Pretty good. You got him on your fantasy team. I don't. I have Eric Carlson. What is going on with this podcast? You said, do I have Carlson? I said, yeah. We were talking about John Carlson. Oh, my word. Tim's not... He, ever since he got this shoulder injury, <laughs> he's just been off his game. Are you on any meds? No. Do we need to talk about this? Should I be? Is your, head, your hair looks terrible right now. You're all frazzled. <laughs> All right. Anyways, John Carlson leading the league in points. First defenseman to get, what is he, 18 points in a month since Bobby Orr. Something like that. On pace to get close to 150 points this year. Unheard of so far. Will he keep this pace? Will he win MVP? Is he underrated when you think of all the star defensemen in the league? His name... If it does come up, it's always after five or six guys. Yeah. Yeah. Is that justified or is he just on a, on a hot start and it, he'll cool down? I mean, is he going to score 150 points this year? No. I'm Will he get to 100? No. Really? I think he can be a point per guy. It's point per point per game guy. He's got he's played 10 games, he's got 18 points or 19 points in that in that range. I think he's playing I noticed him when the cup when the Caps won the cup a few years back. He stood out to me. And he, he plays the game so smooth. He reminds me of a Nick Lidstrom, but just a better offensive upside where he doesn't look like he's trying hard. When you look at Bernsey, it looks like he's trying hard. <laughs> he looks like he is trying a, like a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas you look at Carlson, it's just it almost looks like it's effortless. He's just smooth. He plays the game so easy. And then you look at other guys. Hedman looks like he works hard for it. Doughty always looks like he's frazzled. <laughs> Carlson is smooth. Yeah, those two guys they just they effortless. But yeah, some of the guys it looks like it's hard work for them to be a good hockey player. Carlson he just doesn't get. And again, I wonder if it's just because there are so many other stars on that team who get the recognition, where he just kind of gets overlooked. When you game plan for Washington, when you're a beat writer writing a report or an article for Washington, it's like okay, who are we going to write on? It's going to be Ovechkin. It's going to be Backstrom. It's going to be Holpe. Those are the guys you think of. And then it's like, whoa, Carlson's got 18, 19 points in 10 games? This is crazy. He's got more points than Bobby Orr did when he hit however many points. He's the first defenseman to do it in 20 years. He might hit 100 points. No one done, he's, no one's done that since Brian Leach in the 90s. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, this is something we don't see every day, especially in this age where 
team's game plan against players, and it's hard to get 100 points as a defenseman. That's pretty cool. It's funny, too, because I remember back maybe, I don't know, it might be 10 years ago now when um, he was st- still coming up into the league and they had Mike Green as their number one guy. Yeah. And everyone was talking about, oh, there's no way he's going to be able to re- to replace Mike Green or his, his offensive input. And Mike Green at the time was putting up 70 points a year. Um, and here we are 10 years later, and Mike Green's not even in the league. He's sort of a one-way, one-dimensional player, and Carlson's just putting up a point per game and shutting down the team's top line every night. He that's that's the thing that sets him apart from a lot of defensemen. He plays against the other team's top line. Yeah. He takes those minutes and those are hard minutes and he still puts up crazy points. Yep. And his plus minus does not show it either. When you looked at his stats last year, I think he was plus 20 or 30 or something. You would expect that for a guy who plays against the second and third line. Yeah. It's a, like he's a really 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 good defenseman. And I think he's underrated for sure. The fact that he didn't get a Norris nod last year, looking at his stats right now, it's crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, Burnsy puts up crazy points, but he usually always end up, ends up minus. Just because he takes a lot of risks and he plays, like, it's just, Carlson is a good defenseman. I'm not, I'm not sliding Burnsy, but when you, when you compare defensemen, it's, it's just amazing to see how good Carlson is. It really is. I'm offended that you said Mike Green's not in the league anymore. Is he still in just, the just because he's, he's on, on the, the Red Wings, just because yeah. he's on the Red Wings, doesn't mean he's not in the league. He might yeah. well not be in the league. <laughs> yeah, who they just waived Eric or Erickson too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, the the living pylon. Yes, <sighs> who makes a lot of money. He what does he make? Four or five million? I think it's like four point two. It's crazy. He's a big boy too, but he doesn't play like Wait. it. But then, so I he, don't know. He was one of those projects where he was a forward before he became a defenseman. Yeah, and. Being that big and not putting body on people just blows me away. I used to ask him to fight all the time. It was so funny because I played <laughs> against him. I, we came up together. He was in Grand Rapids and I was in Houston. We played them quite a bit. And I thought, well, we got a big boy here. Like, let's let's see what he's, you know, what he's made of. And I would just, Johnny, let's go. And his name is Jonathan. So I'd ask him. And he just wouldn't even, wouldn't even look at me. And I was like, man, that's crazy. He's so big and he's good with the puck. And then I look at his stats. This is what drives me crazy. And I don't know if I'm just... I just think I'm some great player, but I never was. He played 20 minutes a game, and he didn't put up any numbers at all, which always drive me nuts. If I And I always kind of try to compare. If you put me in that, give me that ice time, I would at least put up some points, at least as much as Erickson did. It's just crazy. When he got called up, I just broke a pen. I'm so fired up. <laughs> when he got called up to Detroit, he was the next Lidstrom. That's what he was tabbed as. He was a Scandinavian kid coming from Sweden, big body, just like Lidstrom. They did everything and then some to get him to be Nick Lidstrom. They played him with Lidstrom when he would get called up. They gave him every opportunity. They wanted him to be that guy, and he just never he never did it. And they, they, they still played him because they signed him this big deal every time he was a restricted free agent. It was crazy. I, I saw a stat on Twitter earlier that was... He has like the longest streak in the NHL because he's playing in the AHL either tonight or tomorrow. And it was like three hundred and like three thousand seven hundred eighty-eight days since he's been in the AHL. Now really? he's playing a game this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he. You like to see guys do good, but he he's not good anymore. It reminds I, me of the way you last week you were talking about guys like Branson and Jack Johnson, those big slow defensemen can't do anything. If if only you had gotten that opportunity. Oh my gosh! I I would have at least been able to keep up with those guys. All I'm I would have gotten a two, three, four million dollar contract. That's what yeah. I'm bitter about. Like I got forced to forward so fast, where I was like, dang it! If I would have stuck around in defense for at least one or two more years, yeah, I would have gotten a nice contract instead of always making not well good money, but not like four million a year. Are you kidding me? Right? You think I'd be doing this podcast? <laughs> not a chance. I I'd wouldn't be even know you living. In the middle of a forest somewhere, not talking to anybody. Now I got to do this. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, he's gone. Uh, the Jets. I'm surprised the Jets didn't pick him up. Yeah. I guess he's got a big contract. And they kind of see what you see, probably. Yeah, the writing is on the wall. The big D, the, their days are numbered. The Jared Spurgeons of the world, the Jake Gardners of the world, those guys are really good puck moving defensemen. The game is theirs now. What about um, who the Jets did claim off waivers the other day, though? Luke. One of the better names in hockey, Luca Spiza. Yeah. like that name. Does he make their D better? Spell that last name if you're doing it phonetically. Spiza. S-P-E-E-Z-A. Spiza. But his actual name is S-B-I-S-A. Yep. 
That's crazy. Isn't it funny? Life's funny sometimes. <laughs> Every day is a new adventure. It's a lo- I love a good last name. Hawk and Lube. <laughs> Great last that? name. You don't know who Hawk and Lube is? No. <laughs> get get with your names. Brad Isbister. I when I was growing up, I don't know why, every time I would take a wrist shot, I would go, always go, Twisted Wrister, Brad Isbister. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. I said it for years and years and years. Into the NHL, I would say that. During the game, I would say that. <laughs> if someone had a good wrister, I'd be like, holy moly, Twisted Wrister, Brad Isbister. Was that a good shot? <laughs> but anyways, uh, the Jets are just trying to find D, D help. They're scrambling. They're scrambling. Spees yeah. is a good defenseman. He's not going to, like, he's a good third pairing. Do they still need John Scott? <sighs> Obviously, the answer is yes. It's embarrassing that they haven't even called me. Is it embarrassing for me or the Jets? I don't know. This might cost Shevel Day of his job. Yeah. Arguably, the best D-man on the open market is sitting t- tweeting at you, <laughs> you let's the, do this. Are you the best defenseman alive who's not currently in the NHL? Can I say yes? <laughs> <laughs> is it okay to say yes? <laughs> Am I a hero? <laughs> I play with a lot of those guys out there. I'm better than they are. Ray Bork. <laughs> Yeah. Better than he is at this moment. At this moment right now. Yeah. Better than Ray Bork. Better than Paul Coffey. At this moment right now. I'm not saying I'm a Hall of Famer, but not saying I'm not. Not saying I'm not. But anyways, um, Spisa is, it'll be a good pickup. The Jets need to, they'll figure it out. They really, I think Buff will come back, but I don't know. We'll see. It's it's man, their situation. That is just a, a strange, strange situation. There's whispers of him coming back soon. Yeah, yeah. But I if he's know. coming back soon, he'd have to be working out right now. Like, which is be... not happening. Yeah. So if he does come back, I remember the lockout when we got locked out in 2000. Gosh, four. I think it was. I thought the season was going to end because we were going back and forth with the league about. Um, the CBA about HR, how we're going to split it, what the escrow is going to be, the same things we talk about now. And it got to the point where we just stopped talking with the league. And everyone's just like, what is going on? It was approaching Christmas. It was December. We were into December, like the first week of December. And I just stopped working out. I was like, what is the point? Because I had been working out hard September, October, November, trying to keep myself in game shape. I left Buffalo. I came back here to Traverse City. I was skating beer league with some guys, and I just got fed up. I was like, I'm training my tail off. The season's not even going to happen. So I just like stopped the beginning of December. And I remember Christmas was coming around. I had a nice Christmas. We had Christmas dinner. I was indulging desserts, drinks. It was great. I get a call because I was the player reps. I was a player rep for the Sabres, and we're like, we're going to get close. We're going to sign. The season's going to start in the new year. I was like, holy moly. (laughs) I went and jumped on the scale. I was almost 290 pounds. Oh, boy. (laughs) And I play at like 260. I think I was 282, 283. And I was just like, I panicked. I was like, whoa, like I need to get my ish together. And so I went like on a crash workout diet, like just like we got to get ready for the season. And I don't even know if they did a training camp that year. I think they just went right into regular season. Yeah. And it was uh, it was it was not fun. And I can't imagine Buff right now. Who's there's no way he's training hard. You know, he's not yeah. in game shape. He's not there. So we'll see. And when he signs and he comes back, everyone is going to be watching him. Like they're going to be like Bufflin's back. The Jets are going to turn it around. He's. It's going to take him a month to get to get where he needs to be because you just can't go from nothing to like being Jets first line defenseman Dustin Bufflin. So and he probably I wonder if he thinks about that because he hates being in the in the firestorm of the media. I was gonna say that's why he left in the first yeah. place. So we'll see. I hope he comes back. It's good for the game. He is one of the I think he's the most entertaining players to watch. Right? Who else would you think would be on he's his McDavid? Pasternak. Oh my gosh. I hate Tim sometimes. Such a homer. So good. It's so you you just you're Jack Edwards. It just gets annoying where it just it's such a homer. And I I shouldn't even ask you questions anymore. I know the answer. You went between be, the legs the other night. Did you see that? I can probably pull up ten different guys who went between the legs. That's great. Pasternak is a great player. He is not entertaining like Bufflin is or McDavid is. When McDavid winds it up and the jersey's flying behind him and he gets a full head of steam, that's fun to watch. Yeah. When Bufflin buries somebody, goes down and rips a clapper. Like, that is entertaining to watch. When Pasternak scores, it's not entertaining. 
Uh, you're watching the wrong games. I, well, I don't watch the Bruins games. There it is. They need to get a goalie. If they ever want to win a cup, they got to get a goalie. <sighs> He's so bad. He's so bad. Stop. If they if they ever figure it out and get a goalie, they'll be a dangerous team. He's got the best save percentage in the league right now. Nah, I'd check your facts. <laughs> I'd check your facts for you. They got a good defense. Do you say anything about... Their actual Boy- defense is terrible, too. What was that, Sam? Boyle signed with Florida. Yeah, he signed with Florida. Good. Good for him. Another, That's another great. big boy. Another big boy signed with Florida. Under Underperforming right now. Yeah. What's the record? Team. I don't know. I don't even know their record. Anyway, what else we got on the docket? Anything? Anything, Tim? I think that's it. We covered everything. I think so, too. What are you doing this week? Anything? You're obviously not playing hockey this weekend because you're on the IR. I'm going to start coaching. Co- yeah. Those who can't teach. Is that is that the quote? Yeah. Those who can do, those who can't teach. Who are you coaching? Local youth kids, squirts. Yeah. No, you're not. Why, why is that such a surprising thing? I feel the state of hockey is, oh, my word. Really? How did you just fall into coaching? How does this happen? They're looking for coaches. I said, oh, I'll do it. I was thinking about it anyway, but now that I can't play anymore, absolutely. What are you going to teach these kids? I mean, it's like if they're 10 years old. They gotta that's a that's a big formative years. Show them how to, like, which cone to skate around and no, run no, the no, drills. No, 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 no. They know that. You need to start teaching them techniques on how to do things. 10 years old is when you have to start to learn things. Yeah. Are you Are you up to the task? Don't talk to me like that. I am shocked at your coaching. That is a shock. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's mostly, it's like the kids' dads and stuff. They're not like, there's not like crazy programs around here. Interesting. Interesting. Are you excited for it? Yeah. So, what, how will you prepare for this? How do you mean? Like, are you going to do a practice plan? Are you going to have lessons planned? I'm not going to be a head coach. What's your title then? I don't know. Will you be a def- defense coach, forward coach? Do ten-year-olds have defense coaches? Yes, they do. I don't. You're not. This isn't Canada, John. It's, it, but it's still hockey. There yeah. are defensemen and forwards, and they do have coaches. Yeah, no. You not, need to put a little more effort into this. I'm getting well, worried. This is okay. This it, came up yesterday, stick, so it's just like stick a, to mites. Then a brand new thought. Mites is just like picking kids up. Yeah, if yeah. it's if you're six or seven years old, that's a different story. That that you just throw the puck out and say skate hard and teach them how to skate. But I, I used to help coach squirts back in Boston. That doesn't. Oh my gosh, Boston. <laughs> have you have have you seen Miracle? Yeah, the Boston kids are always terrible. Those guys. <laughs> one guy hurts his leg. Oh, OC, and he played through. He's a champ. Yeah, but he hurts himself. Rizzioni game winning goal. Boston. The Minnesota kid. Wisconsin guys. They oh, carry on. the team. Oh come on! And they're lucky Canada <laughs> no, wasn't didn't. in a tournament. Oh, Canada couldn't even field a team. It was a joke. That whole tournament, the Olympics. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> What a what a what yeah a you farce, wouldn't heard of it what a farce that is <laughs> I turned down Team Canada a couple times I was like I'm waiting for the call from Team USA never came never came <laughs> whatever anyways so you're coaching Sam what are you doing you gonna kill somebody this week uh, not this weekend <laughs> not this week okay uh, I think I'm going to the pumpkin patch this weekend oh lanterns interesting that'll be fun bringing the family. Oh, I'm not gonna go by myself yeah <laughs> you're not you're not gonna just solo trip to the pumpkin patch get some cider do- by myself. That is fun. Look at us. And I'll be in Kitchener, Waterloo. Doing what? A hockey helps the homeless event. That's nice of you. Go there, help the homeless people, play some hockey. That'll be fun. Good group of guys I can uh, hang around with. Bunch of pros. It'll be nice to see some of the guys. So, yeah, I'll do that. And uh, that's it. At the OHL rink? No, no, no. They they don't do it there. They do it at a local rink. Yeah, not the OHL run. But it'll be fun. Hockey helps the homeless is a good... uh, Good little events. Anyways, cool. that's it. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Sam. Sam Murphy. <laughs> What's your last name? Monty. Sam Monty. At least I got the last letter right. And Tim Wurzberger. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, have a have a good week. We'll see it. We'll see you next time.